Hello and welcome to another Nine Circles audio thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke. And I've been doing a bunch of interviews lately, and I'm trying to give you all content. But tonight, today, I have the pleasure to be joined by Mr. David Brenner. You know him through his project Grid Failure. This is probably a gentleman who I speak more with offline than my own fiance and parents. Him, I send this poor guy so many emails a day trying to generate content for all of you. So uh, I love David for what you do for me professionally. And what you do musically, we're going to talk about as well, because some people might not be too familiar with that. So Most how are, are you doing tonight, brother? I'm sure they're uh, confused because, yeah, you're not emailing me all day about grid failure. That's for sure. No one is. <laughs> you know, brother, I, you know, to, 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 I have been listening. Okay, I'm 39. I have been listening, and you may take pride in this. I have been listening to metal music since I was like a sophomore in high, sophomore, junior in, in high school. Right. Your music scares me like the first time I heard metal. <laughs> Good. Thank you. It, exactly. You should take yeah. it as a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, yeah, it, it's, it is. It's, it's not supposed to be uh, like I, I make a lot of jokes about people not emailing me all day and not buying records and everything. But that's exactly not. I, I just don't. That's not why I make it. Exactly. You know? it's, it's cathartic. It's it's something I've just created on my own. It's one of the only things in life that I can actually control 100. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's become something more than I ever really thought. It would. You know, Dave. That's one of the main reasons. Aside from you know, I know you, and I've worked with you now on the PR side for years. Your your music, the one thing that shines through. And I sometimes say that with other artists I have on about a passion project, but this, this for you, you can tell that this is totally all you. If you don't like it, fuck it. If you <laughs> like it, great. But 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 you are holding no punches. No, it's uh, it's. I don't know if I even think about it in that way at all like i listen to so much different music uh on my own outside of anything you know we work with ear split uh i just listen to so much and i've always been into so much music and always listen to things that as soon as you hear something that blows you away you have to find what's even heavier what's even noisier what's even prettier whatever it is like whatever draws you to that that band that sound that style whatever it is all of a sudden you got to hear the next one or, or, or the one that came before it or, or whatever it is until you found like the one, you know, the heaviest one or whatever. It's, it's I kind of just, uh, I think with this, it's, it's, I, I made it that way. So it's when you're in a band with like five people, of course, everybody has a say in everything, you know, or else it's just one, one attitude and four hired guns and those things never, you know, that's not fun. Um, this is just something where there are no rules or boundaries or confinements. It's just whatever I feel like making, you know, or playing or you know, whoever I want to like having friends and, and peers and stuff. And, uh, you know, other folks I know join in the, the song sometimes, you know, it's, it's incredible that the things that just happen totally by accident. You know? Okay. You know, I, looking at your desire, I, I thought, you know, cause I, I don't, 
I do a little prep, but you know, like I always say, I like to do my my interviews unscripted, off the cuff, and just see where the conversation goes. Get from the hip, man. Go for how, it. How how does one jump into something like yours? And I will phrase it like this: in a sense, I had interviewed the Atrabilis guy, Dave. Mm-hmm. I think awesome. maybe you. I think you set that up for me. Love him. Him and I have built a great relationship where he joins me on the podcast. He's joining me in a week. Um, right. Talking like the best quarter releases of the year. He listens to heavy grindcore shit. Yeah. Like that's his thing. Yeah. I remember you guys talked about. Uh, exactly. How does one with a man who's in a very predominant PR company, like you know, one 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 of the tops in the metal world. Oh, thank you. How how does one? And you hear a lot of music. How does one grow to your age? To this is the point of this. How did you land on this style? What is that? An old joke? <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> let's just say experienced. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm all, I got a few years on you, definitely. I got about five years on you. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm like in my mid-40s, and uh, I've been into music, I don't know, I think I'm, as far as heavy music and, and whatever goes, I think it was in like fifth grade, and, uh, you know, the, the older kids up the street, the skateboards and everything, and I had a skateboard, but, you know, couldn't do what they were doing, but I'd hang out, they'd let me, you know, dick around and, you know, jump off the side of the ramp and everything, and, uh, you know. When you hear anthrax in like fifth grade or whatever you know that something you know back then then faith no more came out then and you know what i mean i got into stuff really early and not just as like straight up a metalhead in fifth grade or whatever i listened to you know went through all those different stages of everything like everybody else does yeah you you uh, had a doo-wop phase i know to a ton of hip-hop i listened to a ton of experimental stuff were you I, a like, Wu- were you a wu-tang guy yeah, absolutely. I, I listen to a lot. Like, uh, listen to a lot of everything. I mean, I listen to a lot of Queensbridge and Brooklyn, and you know, '90s uh, hip hop. Just that's like my my main style. Is like the heavy again, like the really heavier, darker yep. stuff. You know, but uh, no, it's it's you know, ever since even high school, having a, a punk band. You know, moving out at 18, going to Philadelphia. All of a sudden, it was like you were exposed i mean i was i was in bands the whole way through high school and everything else and just going to shows by the time i graduated high school i was already working part-time with like a a a record store and record label in lancaster called corrupted image a little bit and then i opened the store with them when they moved to philly um i I worked at nuclear blast i worked at very distro i worked at now or never records i've worked at a ton of places within the industry and everything else but i've but it was always all very like scene driven and everything very, you know, kind of DIY and, and whatever. So um, it's not just because of working with ear split, but of course with that, yeah, we're working dozens of bands once and, and you know, it's, it's over, it's like 20, 22 years old or something at this point. Um, so yeah, it's like thousands of bands, but beyond that, I'm listening to music and, you know, I'm working with people in one band and each one of them have a solo project and you get into that stuff. And then, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's, it's really endless. It's really endless. It, it always was, but 
now with the internet and the amount of bands and the crossover of genres and everything else, it's impossible to keep up with everything in any one scene or style. So, you know, know. Dave, this, but this, this is what, what gets me. I, what fascinates me, those of you, those, you know, the majority of people listening don't professionally deal with you and Liz in the PR realm. Sure. You guys, first off, you're more responsive than most PR companies ever are, which always blows my mind. But you look at what an artist does. Artists, you know, they're surrounding themselves with music. Well, you are doing it in a professional, in a personal sense. How do you not get fucking burnt out after decades of 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 having so much come through your fucking brain? I get very burnt out. I get just like anything else, you get burnt out. Um, you get burnt out with work, no matter what you do, even if you love it. Oh, so, dude, I was burnt out with my job. You know, I loved it. I loved good. it, but but I'm like fuck. But you don't always want to go to it, and and you know, then you always question: Should I be doing this or doing something else and whatever? But that's why having like an artistic thing even if even though that's also music um you know i'm the same as anybody else i come down here and like you know i had a hard day like i want to turn on some music and like feel that shit and it's like you know how it is when you had a rough day you turn something on and you get that you know the adrenaline and like the uh the endorphins like the jogging rush you know what i mean it's like and you're like it kind of makes you forget about whatever was just bothering you or your shitty day or what you got to do tomorrow what you got you know whatever and playing it is the same thing, only it's even more so like like the joggers rush, you know what I mean? When the actual endorphins kick in, because I can come down here in this little room for a half hour doing vocals, and I feel like I was, you know, in necessary roughness or something, you know? <laughs> you know, like I was like on a training field, like getting my ass kicked or something by, you know, fighting tanks or trying to push the train <laughs> away on the tracks or something. It's, <laughs> like relieved you know uh, i i try to do uh you know breathing and and running everything else but like i can't really get into yoga and meditation like i'd like to i need to like burn it off you know what i mean like i need to like let it go um that's why i think everything with grid failure is just so heavy it's not all i listen to but it's that's what comes out you know you just work like a 12-hour day and i got about maybe 30 minutes before I got to go in and like, you know, cook dinner and do the dishes. And then it's midnight. You know what I mean? Like we really put in, we wake up at like by nine in the morning, we're going and going and it's just literally all day. And then, uh, you know, till, you know, eight, nine at night or, or even later sometimes um, I try to pop out at like five is like an early day. A normal work day is like a big Jeez. early day for me, you know, uh, it's like. But okay, so, now, yeah. now, like, Dave, uh, I have heard like, Electronic music and, and 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 noise and stuff like that. You know, you look at like a perturbator, for example, mm-hmm. um, or like Carpenter Brute, for example. There's, see, this is where me not being an artist fucks me over. There <laughs> is, there's like a rhythm to it. There's a sense of cohesion and stuff like that. Yours. And this is by no means it's bad. It's it's um it's it's chaotic to 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 say the least. And to the to the point where when I listen to it, I love it. But it's like 
I feel it's it's like all these people, you know, like when I speak to Dave and he was trying to sell me on Grindcore, I I want to understand it. I I I want to I want to feel what the fuck I'm missing. <laughs> like for example, perfect same. example. I don't I don't do drugs, I don't smoke pot or something. I have never been able to and again, nothing against people who do that, but I have never been able to see like the what the big deal is with like sleep dope dope smoker. To me it's right. like fuck, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. Or like the it, people who the people who go just to sun concerts, like yeah, fuck. I, I worked with sun, I worked with sun for like twenty years. Exactly. Like, okay. Okay. Maybe you can try and sell me on sun. How the? F- there's nothing. You know. There's there's certain things that you can, like you're you're seeking the understanding of it, which is cool and respectable. But you shouldn't beat yourself up and force yourself to like something you don't like either you know what i mean it's like, I, okay okay you know what i mean it's like but 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 you know what though i journalistic get to the roots of it understand it and everything else which is super cool because you're not like oh i don't like it fuck that shit and you're just gone you know you're yeah dick, you keep like you do keep driving at it so i like, i keep yeah i keep trying like like it but getting to the root of it the way you do is very cool so you know, it's totally respectful. You know, that's why, like, I don't listen to rap or I, I don't talk bad about rap because I don't listen to it. Yeah. I I don't I, – I can't talk bad about it because I don't listen to it. I've listened to enough metal that I can say, no, this is shit. Well, I don't listen to Grindcore, so I can't say grind what Grindcore is good or bad because I don't listen to it. Right. Um. Okay, but when you start to work on a grid failure project, like you know, you have this cool project with with you and Mac coming together, who's a a a very. Fa- I'll, I'll let you explain who he is. Yeah, Mac Gallahan has been on. I don't know. He he three thousand some records or something. I think he was talking about the other day in a different interview and something like that. He was in Duran Duran for 10 years. He's, uh, he's played with everybody. He's Billy Ocean, uh, get out of my dreams, get into my car. Uh, you know, Onyx slam. He's got like five songs on that record. He's all Blondie, you know, uh, you know, he's just been in like literally any band you can think of. He's on, if you're like watching the news and you hear the gold bond commercial that plays like every other commercial break on CNN right now, that's him. He's all over the place. He's built into like so much of just uh, everything since. You know, what's playing- what's he built into all those as playing different different instruments in those? He's a trumpet player. Okay. Almost, almost exclusively, almost everything he plays is trumpet. He plays trombone and a bunch, you know, quite a few other brass instruments as well. But I didn't know to what extent he could play all these other things too. So he and I have been working together in somewhat of a PR sense, but now that he's been around for 40 years in the industry in the jazz scene and the pop scene and the rock scene and, and you know, everywhere. Uh, he's at the point where he gets gigs constantly as a session musician player um, and then can just kind of do whatever the hell he wants. Um, and, and so, you know, and he's super creative and just has all these insane ideas about how to make cool music. And he was always in, you know, he's like, 
wants to stay away from like stale jazz scenes. So now he okay. So he wanted to go from being in the scene to fucking being. And I'm like, I'm like, I want to go play jazz club with Grid Failure. Like, and we want to go to the opposite. So, you know, it like thing. So I worked with him a little bit PR wise and everything else. But then, uh, you know, we we talked about. I had him out here just to record some uh, random tracks for for one of the records I was working on a few years ago. Um, actually, it was quite a few years ago. I think I only started Grid Failure in 2016, and this would have been the following year or so because um, he was on uh, the the first collaboration uh, with uh, Megalophobe that came out in 2017. And yeah, we're about to release our third collaboration together, which Mac is all over as well. Anyway, in between there, uh, we had planned on doing a record of some sort. We weren't really sure what, and the and the pandemic hit, so he doesn't do he's been like every studio on the planet he's recorded on every kind of mic on the planet he doesn't have any kind of setup at home so we were like well we're not going to get together because we're we're both this was early this is early 2020 we were both like completely following all of the quarantine you know guidelines dude i i I always jokingly say me with my immune compromised self i was like fucking sloth from the goonies Yeah, we were just totally locked up. I mean, you know, we were 20 minutes from here is New Rochelle, where the first outbreak on the East Coast happened. And it was like National Guard. It was crazy out here. It was it was absolutely nuts. And like, so, you know, during that, it was like, well, sorry, but no, you're not coming over here and breathing through your brass instrument in my tiny recording room. You know what I mean? You're not clearing out your your uh, spit in your truck. No, he like got he like knocked the guy on his ass that came up to him too close at the drugstore or some shit. Like he was the same way. Like you know, we were oh no, how do we do this? So I heard early in the pandemic he was out in order to exercise because he wasn't going to the gym or whatever. He was going out and working out in his stairwell of his apartment building in Staten Island and carrying suitcases of shit up and down the stairs. And then he was just playing his trumpet in the stairwell and he put these little clips on Instagram and everything. And I've been to his apartment building now, and there's like a lot of artists and things that live there and entertainers. So he was just trying to like keep some calm in the building by going out in the stairwell and playing some, you know, some nice inspiring trumpet, you know, brass, you know, just his his whole jazz flow. And it was just, it was awesome. So I was like, well, your shit on on Instagram sounded pretty good. Was that just you? I was just you shooting on your phone. I was like, why don't you go out and start recording that way and just uploading them and we'll see what happens. And it gave such a great, raw reverberating vibe to like everything he was playing and he did it all as video clips and he was just sending me every day he was sending me just clips and i'd be like yes that hit it again like this way or whatever or and and he would just and then i I don't know it just became this natural thing and we just ended up making this 10 song i believe record that you know it's it's i don't know it's it's the darkness and the the wild shit that i do you know, but with his cinematic sound, his 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 ability to like he builds things called like twelve tone rows, and he, he has all this like amazing music knowledge. And I don't like I can play bass, I can play some guitar, I can pick up and figure shit out. Like I can make notations a little bit stuff. I can't like just read music. I'm not good at piano. You know what I mean? Like I'm 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 constantly trying to learn almost everything I can, but I don't have any kind of background or pedigree or knowledge i mean he's been to all the schools he's been on tour with every he's he can do whatever so it blows me away when he comes over here now and like uh 
we recorded. So it, it is it is kind of like Stephen Hawking and uh, a fucking pile of slime together. Like, <laughs> if that's how you want to put it. Yeah. No, dude, because I because I would be the same way. He, this guy's been on everything, and you 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 know, fuck. Talk about talk about being. Uh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Well, it's it's just so cool that he's not that he's done everything he's done, and he's got like he's got you know he's got balls and integrity, but he doesn't have an ego. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Yes. Oh, dude, because most people in his world would hear your stuff and say, "I'm not fucking touching that." And most people that, you know, do heavier stuff like that are the same way. Like, I don't listen to jazz. Fuck that shit and everything else. And it's like, I'd rather listen to jazz than metal, like, most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's just, you know, again, like you said, that's how you don't get burnt out. Like, after so many years of so much music and so much intense music, that's how you don't get burnt out. It's like, go listen to jazz. Go listen to rap. Go listen to very, you know, the shit you hear at the nature store. You know what I mean? Like. It, it you know it's it's just like a, a palate cleanser it makes you think about different things it's it's you can't just listen to, to metal all day every day i can listen to heavy shit every day well you know all day but yeah. like you know it's still it, it, you know you gotta break it up you know there's, I, too much out there. there's lots of garbage and i listen to almost anything on like a radio station i'm not much into just rock or anything else but like you know 70s classic rock or, or good soul or funk you know what i mean or, or hip-hop or just you know and everything it just like it, it puts a different step in your in in your whole everything dude you know, you know yeah i i have said it before there is nothing better if you're feeling in a funk or in a, a mood you put on some 70s funk or yeah. like one of my favorite bands is uh uh fuck uh, well, one second, and I'm Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Yeah, that shit will get you in a mood. Yeah, like you listen to seventies funk or some, like some Robert Randolph and the Family Band with his pedal slide guitar. Oh, <laughs> try and have a bad fucking day. Try and have a bad day. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, whatever. Like, it's just you know, it, it just, it's. <laughs> But it's a, wait, wait, Dave. Let me stop you there. I we haven't even mentioned it yet. This album is Dismemberment, Dismemberment Cabaret. Yeah, that's we actually released it last year. It's, yep. uh, it's actually coming up on a year anniversary. Yep. We, we just released a new video for it. It's been kind of an ongoing thing. Um, in between, I just recorded Max' new EP here in this room completely, um, and it was a, a that was, you know, working with Mac the way we did the way the way i did it during the pandemic was very cool and unique and the record that came out this member cabaret it was was uh something i never would have really expected to do but i it's one of my favorite things absolutely that i've ever done and we were already friends but now we're like pretty tight like i talk to mac almost every day you know what i mean it's like we record a lot and then he's recorded in every studio on the planet so Again, he was like, after recording that, we were like, well, now after the pandemic, you know, now it's like we're still, you know, being careful, like, you know, as, as much as we can. But we're in the same room now, you know, of course, like, yeah. you know, getting normal and everything. And he came over and recorded his other record right here on the tail of that record. Um, it's called The End is the Beginning. I recorded that here. And that's the first record of any other artist that I recorded for them, not being my own stuff or whatever. So recording my, my first full album for somebody that's somebody of his pedigree 
was going to be this great challenge for me just here in the garage with like, I've got a couple of decent condenser mics and, you know, I can make some, some cool tricks happen with such a small space, but I don't know shit. I didn't go to, you know, any kind of engineering school. It's like, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like fucking, fucking figure it out. Figure it out. So he's coming over and I'm like, well, fuck it. Like I've, I've recorded here. Why, you know, why is it any different? Like I don't, and, and I don't have to worry about playing anything. Cause I was like, no, Mac, you're playing absolutely everything on this. And we had this idea. I was like, why don't we just do this boring, the club of gore, you know, super slinky, slow, mellow thing of like three songs. I'll do a bunch of rain. Like I, I'm always with the grid failure stuff. I'm always recording tons of storms and rain and wind and fire and it's elements and, you know, organic sounds and, whatever and i was like i'll add that shit i'll have like storms in the background it'll be the sexiest thing ever and we'll knock it out in, like an afternoon it'll be really cool just something to bridge between the new record and uh and he comes over and and I, I was all you know ready for him to just like pull out his his uh trumpet and he comes and he opens up like two notebooks full of full of notes and he goes all right well let's set up the synth and the keyboards first and i went the what and the what and he was like yeah i'm gonna do this other shit and he goes you got a drum kit here let's get that out and like he just started, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought we were doing this like sexy hanging out like at night by the stream, like, you know, trumpet jazz record thing. And he starts playing this like, like, like crazy, just like hammering like bass notes on the, on, on, on the keyboard and stuff like that. Like he played every instrument I have in this fucking room and he played, you know, synth and, and keys and drum machines. And we were just setting up like single drums at a time. And he was everything was patterned. It wasn't him just fucking around. It was like, everything was written. He was sitting there reading sheet music the whole time that he had written. It's so cool. 40 trumpet tracks on some songs that are three minutes long. He layered those shits so many times. He'd be like, okay, now we're going to do another one. I'm like, what? Another one of those go. And he would just, hit, okay, now we're going to do another one. I'd be like, what? Another one of those go. And he would do that like five or six times and just slightly offset the note. So he's got shit that sounds like the love boat and it's just him. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, he's just, he's doing entire brass ensembles on that record. And I'm just sitting here recording this and I've got hours and hours of clips. Cause I'd just be standing here trying to make sure I wasn't fucking something up for this dude. And it wouldn't matter. We fucked up all day. We, you know, he came here in a heat wave. We were dying. It was like, it was like 97 degrees the first day he came here and like hundred percent humidity. And we were just fucking dying. Like it was gross. We were sweating. We had to turn off fans. Cause all I have is like condenser mics and sh you know what I mean? It's like, you can't. And he, he was just, I was blown away by the amount of music he had written in these books and everything. And he just started, he was playing cornet and trombone, like five layers of trombone of four different parts of the record and all this other shit. And just, and just, it blew me away because I had never done anything like that. And I was switching things around. I had to change my setup a thousand times, but it was like the coolest learning experience ever because it wasn't like I was charging some band to do something that I didn't think I could do. I was like, how the fuck am I going to do this? And Mac was like, that's cool, man. And that, we just did it. And I listen to that record now and I love it. And I can't believe that it came out of this garage. I can't believe that I had a hand. It. You know what I mean? It was just because it was just it worked so well together. You know? The, like, the, I, I do have to say that the the track um oh, let me put it up here. The the track Passion for Wrath. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> the, love uh, it there's so many videos where we're still making videos we're making videos for every song on that record so it's gonna be 10 10 videos of just kind of playing okay. the place and uh the one we shot out here on the train tracks right behind there's a csx line that goes right to my backyard and it ruins every recording that because you'll be sitting here and all of a sudden 
it was funny because we were sitting here and Mac had the headphones on and I was just like wiring up pedals or whatever I was doing. And he goes, wait, something's fucked up. Someone's, something's coming through there. And I was like, no, man, nothing's on yet. And he's like, where's that heavy D chord coming from? And I went, oh, hold on a minute. Oh, the train's coming. But like Mac had the headphones on, we had a condenser mic on and he just picked up on it. And the thing was like a mile down the tracks, but this train goes right through our yard. So, you know, I was like, all right, well, we got at least 20 minutes where, you know, like it's like five minutes or whatever it's going to be with we'll see how slow this one is. But, uh, okay. So just- I have a dream. I was talking to my fiance the other day. First off, I have to get this out just as my ADD mind. I'm, I am so we're nowhere close to being fucking done. So keep on drinking. I I've been waiting for this interview for years. I first off picture your garage like a fucking synth room, and there's cables hanging everywhere, and you're just plugging, unplugging, plugging, unplugging. You're just you're just going at it. Well, I'll tell you. I know you said the audience can't see because uh, whatever. I'm looking at you, and you can see I'm in the room right now. It's just it's just a fucking keyboard and a look at that. <laughs> keyboard here's like pedals there's all my pedal setups my synth some drum machines i mean i got wow that's all you have and that's where the magic happens yeah and like some mics and pedals and you know whatever it's it's, it's okay okay now i was talking to my fiance she unfortunately she doesn't listen to metal she listens to the the it's it's popular but she listens to the music where it's the guys where it's heavy, they scream, but they also sing like whiny girls. I, I don't understand it. But I have told her my fucking dream as a guy who has no musical talent, I want to do like a death because my wheelhouse is death metal. Yeah. Oh, since, since you say you just um, have at it and learn as you fucking go, yeah. Could you say Buke? Okay. Get some fucking vocals or let's do something and let's fucking make an album. I have collaborations with like 20 people on them. I have people like that don't even play music. I incorporate all my family members just okay, doing But, but how, how do I get started? Do I buy a condenser mic and do what I've seen uh Randy Blythe do and build a fucking quiet room in my basement and just scream into it? I would say build a quiet room. I'd say set up metal sheets and fucking glass and do it in front of an open window where your neighbors are going to hear it. And yes. You, you know, like, yes. Whoever's going to feel good. Who cares? Like, it doesn't really matter what it is. Like, nothing in this joint soundproofed. I mean, it's got a layer of uh, wood padding up. Hold on. Your, your, your mic kind of shifted for a sec. Did your mic change? Oh, I, uh, I just moved that. I'm just on, I'm, I'm just on my phone. Yeah. It looks like it's obscured or something. Yeah, I, I showed you my setup. And now yeah, I it's a, I fucked everything up. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it, it's, like, you could, it's pretty much about, you're so willing to learn about other people's art or about reasonings for things. Hold on. Looking- hold, hold on for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, go ahead, brother. Right, so you were talking about, uh, you know, so for you to just start doing something. Yes. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be vocals, you know, just bass or, you know, like you don't even have to have like a drum kit to start learning how to play beats. The more you just kind of, you know, things but like Dave, that. I don't even I, like I have interviewed like Dave Davidson of Revocation. 
you know, the guy fucking majored in polyrhythm. I don't even understand. And I've heard thousands of hours of music. I don't even understand fucking music theory in the simplest of terms. The last time I learned music theory was back in elementary school, banging fucking wooden sticks together. Yeah. And now I, I do that in my garage. I just hit record and shit, there's a record. You know, like literally you just kind of figure it out, man. It's like you might learn your limits and you can't just go, hi, I'm going to learn how to do this. Like I love drums and I am still like an awful drummer. I don't have the time to sit and, you know, pound every day for hours. I just don't like when I learn more and more and more, like a few years ago, I, I never would have just sat down and tried to put keyboards or whatever. I mean, I, I've, I've played like almost 20 instruments on a record and I wouldn't say I quote know how to play any of them, you know? <laughs> Like I play some bass. That's the main thing. I, I love. I love your your honesty. It's, it's true. I'm not going to sit here and try to be like Rip Filler is this fucking thing where I majored and went to Berkeley. Like I did this shit. Like I was in punk band. Like, I've got my nose broken in hardcore shows. That's, that's I grew up going exactly. To I fucking I have made I've spilled more blood at American Legion posts than your ass will ever fucking know. VFWs, fire halls, everything. Man. Absolutely. That's that's where I grew up, and that was it. So it was like. You know, and even uh, it, you know, hold, you, Dave, stop right there, really quick. I know you and I. You know, you know me. My interviews bounce around a lot. I gotta ask. I saw early videos when I saw Hatebreed for the first time. It was like ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, I had I had seen like early Hatebreed shows at VFW halls. They seem like absolute fucking. Like, how is a New York City? hardcore show in a little rec set is it was it like in this heyday fucking bat shit crazy i didn't even i didn't grow up in new york i grew up in like small town pennsylvania okay I grew up in everything so i got it was lancaster area so oh yeah the Lancaster dude I, I was up there at the chameleon club or something i think what's that yeah the chameleon club was yeah it just shut down during the pandemic it, 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 it just closed but that's oh. where I couldn't even go to anything there until more like in high school. A lot of time, a lot of those shows were like 16 and over 18 over whatever. So when you're 13, there isn't shit, but some kid will put like 15, you know, other kids together, a bunch of bands or whoever, and, you know, cough up 200 bucks to donate to, you know, a Knights of Columbus or a VFW or whatever. And there'd be a Saturday afternoon matinee or whatever out there in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, or, you know, close to the city because you couldn't get into the clubs because they were, you know, they're 21 shows yeah. or whatever. So I grew up like with the whole DIY thing is just natural. Like a lot yeah. of people get going to big concerts and big circuits and shit like that. Like with arena shows and everything. I didn't go to my first arena show. It'll probably close to 20 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Dave, I have never been to a show where the band stage is your stage. And every time I see it, it fucking seems so fucking cool. But those are probably all the shows you were going to. Well, then I, I, you know, definitely when I moved down to Philly, it was you know then it was I've seen the best shows of my life down there, and most of them were at like Stalag Thirteen and the Kill Time and these little you know small clubs and everything. And I was in crazy bands back then, and we'd go play murderous, rampant grindcore, hardcore stuff with like a mix of like screamy emo bands and death metal bands and shit like that. And it was just you know it was like it was like ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand Philly. It was fucking nuts. Dude, how how is that being on stage? When you're telling the fans, come on up, and they're fucking dancing with you and jumping off of you and singing, is is that just the energy must be fucking electric? The energy is the same for the for the artists as it is for the people there. Like, that's why hardcore and punk and everything are so, 
like just such great scenes because like you don't really have to have the exact same politics or diet or anything but the energy of what's there is what captivates people and like you know the the uh like family and the unity kind of end of it that just kind of naturally happens in those scenes and of course there's like you know beef and fighting and shit like that and drama but like you know tell me a part of life that you don't have that shit yep. so it's not like you know immune from all that but i just wish i could be as big as the fucking singer is from harm's way well you're gonna have to do some more sit-ups here. that dude is <laughs> like, he looks like tank yeah, it's it's uh, but yeah it's, 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 it's impressive when you see a little skinny guy be able to go up there and talk shit dude you it's so funny you mentioned that my friend years ago said hey check out weekend nachos yeah or yeah. uh weekend nachos or um knock loose yeah oh yeah fuck man weekend nachos for like a skinny little guy oh holy yeah. shit holy yeah. shit oh weekend nachos is pretty much i would i mean i guess somewhat hardcore but you know they're kind of grindcore you know power violence. yeah so you're you don't like you don't draw a fine line where you don't listen to. You know, I don't, dr- brother. I don't draw. You know why? I'm not smart enough. <laughs> don't make the rules, man. <laughs> I, brother, the only line I know to to uh, draw is the only line I really draw really is is it black metal or is it not black metal? That's my only line I I draw because I'm not a black metal guy. Yeah, I, I listen to plenty of black metal, plenty of like anything again, really. I don't see how you can really even like I don't listen to tons of like, you know, you don't listen to power. I don't see you listening to power metal, Dave. Do you listen to power metal? No. Um, <laughs> Iron Maiden, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I don't th- I don't imagine you have a blind guardian vinyl behind you. I do not have a blind guardian. I've got. <laughs> I got like Cool Keith and Drop Dead and Capone Noriega and Candiria and okay. Harvest. Some of the stuff I've been listening to. Just you know, like- you would think me growing up. I'm here. I'm in Frederick, Maryland. You know, kind of close to Lang- Lancaster. <laughs> Did you ever get into Bad Brains growing up? Um, in high school, a little bit. Like I, I got into Bad Brains incorrectly because I was someone tried to sell me on Bad Brains on like the bigger 90s records you know what i mean like the very reggae stuff yeah and this is when i had just discovered you know i had just gone through like the early dc like that that discord records year and seven inches is probably some of the most important music there is you know those those records of that one year are so foundational and hardcore punk rock the whole dc thing the whole discord records thing just it's so foundational and that was some of the earliest stuff that i got into you know, in the early 90s. So this shit's already, you know, a decade old. And to us, it seemed like that was forever ago. Now it's like, dude, I got into this shit only 10 years later. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty cool to look back now when you're 16, and you're trying to catch up on an entire punk lineage. You know what I mean? It's like, so uh, I didn't get into Bad Brains properly until later. And then, yeah, when I first started hearing, you know, the pay to come and everything else, the stuff. Yeah, that's like one of the fastest bands ever you know what i mean their energy was unreal and uh and they did just did so much politically and and everything else like they're one of the bands that i got into later like there was like candiria i couldn't really understand candiria for years and years until i just happened to catch them in the right you know proper mode or or whatever and then it 
clicked and it was instantly like one of my favorite things. And now which I, album did it for you? Uh, their second one. Um, so it was still when they were doing like the se- the super heavy. What's that process of self development? It's uh, so what is it? Uh, uh, surreal. Uh, no, because it has beyond reasonable doubt process, and then three hundred percent. It's beyond reasonable doubt because it, it has more of like the weird hip hop shit on it. So I was like, you know, like day drinking with like one of my best friends or something. <laughs> it's like sunny and beautiful, and I don't know. We put on this fucking, you know, like like crazy, like slamming jazz groove, you know hip-hop influenced death metal like it was and it was just it just clicked and then i saw him live and it was like flooring you know what i mean so and that's like you're talking about 95 90 like probably 96 um yeah it was probably more like 96 97 now that i think about it so regardless like when something like that comes along and now years later those first four or so Candiria records are still so something I listen to so regularly, you know, I just bought that vinyl this year. That record's from like 98 or. Yeah, it is 98. Whatever. So um, it's, it's, you know, there's just certain things that you wouldn't expect to like, and then they become your favorites. There's like, for me, it ends up being something that I don't love the first time, but it makes me think about it. I will definitely come back to it. And a lot of times that's stuff that becomes my favorite shit. You know what I mean? Like when it just confuses you that much that it invokes some kind of reaction from you, no matter what the reaction is, it's important. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you won't like everything else. If you, if it's something you don't like, or if you don't like it, why don't you like it? Is it just played badly? Is it just a shitty band? Or is it because you haven't heard that before? And if you haven't heard before, do you just not like it right away because you're not used to it? You know what I mean? Like, look at like when you're kids, you don't like lima beans. Now I'll eat that shit like every meal. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's, it's just one of these things, you know, you don't, you don't like coffee when you're three. Now it's like, if, you know, if I don't have that in the morning, I'm going to stab somebody. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. How do you drink yours though? Black? Black. Yep. Couple, yep. couple cups of black coffee. My uh, girl is uh she's a type who has some coffee with her cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my my dad uh drank it mostly black and uh my mom drank it with milk and uh i know when you put milk and sugar in that's one thing because you're making it like a dessert and that's delicious yeah. that's fine but uh well, that's not enjoying your coffee you, you have it. a favorite roaster because i know uh, a lot of bands are getting into making coffee man yeah oh yeah i mean there's 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 hot sauces and everything else i'm actually doing a hot sauce with my friend's company I'm not. I, I'm. I'm actually delinquent. Sorry, Dub. Um, I'm sorry that I haven't done that yet. Uh, but okay. Yeah. But how about roasting coffee? You thought about getting into that? Um, a lot of times people. I mean, I'm not because I know Tombs. I know Mike. Mike Hill from Tombs was roasting coffee for a while. Yeah. Well, a lot of times people hook up with a friend's company and it's a sponsorship. Now, I don't know. You know, not everybody is like brewing beer in their own basement most people yeah. are working with the company and shit like that so i don't know i'm not going to say mike hill wasn't roasting his own beans <laughs> in his in his apartment I'm, I'm i wouldn't i would not put it past if anybody can do it it's probably probably much so um as he's doing mma takedowns on on dummies and <laughs> a friend of ours re- referred to him as a, a a marine or something at one point what he was or he is <laughs> like, 
like, no, but you can see that shit, right? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> the, 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 the first time I interviewed him, it was one of the most straight-laced interviews I ever got from him. And I was, like, scared to invite him back again. And then when I had him back on the second time, he was, like, laughing and joking. And I saw, like, a totally different side of the guy. No, no, Mike is a very intense dude, but he's totally down to earth. I love dude, I love tombs. I can't get enough of fucking tombs, man. Uh, inquisitive and, and very nasty. Very. Um, I, I, I have to dive into this, this, this world. Cause I, I've always been wondered about it and I have invited your other half to come on numerous times, but she, uh, is too, too good for me. So <laughs> she doesn't even like talking on the phone. She's, you know, she's, I don't know. I'm, uh... She politely blows, blows me off, but that's, that's, that's fine. Um, explain ex, explain to me and those listening the pr world and how it has changed now because i will tell you from the outside looking in with with the band camps with the soundcloud with the facebooks the twitters the tiktoks yeah fuck it's it's it takes it takes about an hour to get the word out about anything you know <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's definitely changed. We were doing it back, uh, you know, when when some of the companies, you know, get nuclear blast and we put put out an inflames record. You know that that press mailing was probably like seven hundred CDs, and we get them shits right from the distributor, you know, right from the plant or whatever on a pallet, bring them in, and we get a power drill and, and you just slam through like all day. That was the day. Is hey, today I'm drilling inflames clayman CDs, you know, and it's like. Then tomorrow we're packing them. And then the, the next day I'm taking them over to the post office. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it was just, you know, just insane. I wasn't even doing press. That was just like office work. You know what I mean? That yep. was yep. the public nuclear blast. I was, you know, working in the other office. But, you know, from from that kind of response and 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 the, the tear sheets, the, the getting the magazines and building the actual, like, you know, press book kind of shit and uh whatever to yeah now everything is like a digital download we got to set it all up we're half of our day is dealing with band camp codes for the embeds for the premieres and it's, no, it's, half yeah. of your be honest half your day now is dealing with emails from me again <laughs> i'd rather deal with people bugging me all day that are actually like into it are wanting to work <laughs> wanting, you know what the hell you yeah. know some people just complain all day about like the, the quality of their free music dude so i could give brother i talk to everybody it's yep. the that's the best kind of email we can get is like, hey, something productive is going to happen here. You know, it's like we don't like to waste time. OK, like, so when place. meeting me, meeting Liz was was it a work thing? Was it at a concert? Like, how did this where we end up today with ear split? Is that nuclear blast? It was, okay. I were, I was in Philly and she was in New York and there was a satellite in New York office and I got hired down there later in a year after she had started working there so i only met her like when we had you know we have a trip to new york or they you know, the new york folks would come down for a thing or whatever and you know just kind of spiraled out of there so i moved up to new york and that's when uh i don't know i worked at a couple of their labels and everything up there just i guess one of their label after i moved up there but it was in that early 2000s when all the labels were closing down all the magazines were closing down like everything was just you know, this tumultuous changeover with, uh, you know, the digital media, digital music, digital, you know, the website thing, and everything just like changed everything, you know, and it was 9-11, and it was, you know what I mean, this whole new world. 
people had they, phones in their pockets, you know what I mean? So it was like yeah. it just everything. So at that point, I was like, hey, we've just watched us multiple times get fucking laid off, fired, or sent just on our way out of nowhere. We've watched labels dry up, we've watched friends lose everything, we've watched companies shut down. I'm just gonna take this thing that we're because she had started ear split as a zine as a kid. She was like mm-hmm. eleven putting out a fanzine called ear split and then she started doing pr as ear split during while she was working at other labels so it was already a thing that we were doing on the side it wasn't a full-time thing and i guess it was around 2003 when now or never records was shutting down and i was like i'm not going to go wait in line for like another one of these magazines or labels or whatever to you know give me some you know deal or some short amount of money because they don't have the money and whatever and then be out of that again in a few months i was like i'm already doing your split like two or three days a week at this point i just said let me go take as much as i can and just go with it full time and at that point liz was running metal maniacs so that was the thing i was doing your split all day and she was doing some of it you know on the side at night or whatever but she was mostly you know just you know running maniacs and then when Maniac shut down, then she came back the same thing. I was, you know, I had so much work with Earsplit at that point, I couldn't take it all. And so she just came back in full time. And yeah, now now it is what it is. So it wasn't like we were like, hi, let's quit our jobs and start a metal PR company. Like it wasn't like this thing, you know what I mean? It was like basically like a, a long-term, you know, accidental thing that just became how we sustain, you know, make our living and, you know, pay the, pay the bills. Like that's you, it, know, you know, you... You know the industry way better than I do. You know, it was not my career. You know, I always say I am just, you know, like Dan Carlin with his Hardcore History podcast. He's just a fan of history. I'm just a fan of music. Um, but I just live it. Um, you have seen the music world evolve. And I have asked a couple artists this who've been around for a while. What were your initial impressions when like Napster and stuff came around? Could could you see the writing on the wall? Um, I don't really think so because I was working like at that point, you're talking about like the late nineties. I was working in like an independent record store, um, you know, a hardcore distro. I was working probably at like very distro during that time. You know what I mean? We were selling like hundreds and hundreds of, of hate breed cds out the door every day and you know get up kids and you know whatever it's like I, it, it didn't really affect me that much because i was already so immersed in music and and being able to buy what i wanted to mostly at cost or you know knew that whatever you know, it was just some kind of like lifestyle thing where it came it was like rent and then records and then food you know what i mean it was just like i had a place to live and listen to music so i'm gonna you know i was always buying music and you know in in that so it's i don't know i remember all of a sudden i got a computer at my house and yeah we could like download a metallica record but i was like who the fuck cares who wants to download that like like i got like this pile of brand new you know lps sitting out here in, in the living room you know what i mean like we have like I, you know i don't know we got a new dead guy record over here so you know what i mean whatever it was just like you know, there's a new Today is the Day record I got, you know, like who, who, who gives a shit about downloading a Motley Crue album? I didn't give a shit, you know what I mean? So I don't know if it, I wasn't like in the industry, so to speak, like that. I was working with music in, in like a networking way, and yeah. like a re- in the street kind of way or whatever. Um, and then it was more in, in the New York thing, like when I moved up here, because then it was 
everybody we knew was in the industry you know like it's it's just like every magazine and every label there was just you know, every promoter is a club on every corner it was just you know the amount of uh industry up here you know what i mean was was, was dwarfing coming from like you know what i had basically grown up and whatever so it wasn't it isn't like i went to you know college to like learn how to be a independent publicist or something you know what i mean like everything yeah. is, it's, it's it's in order to like be, become a lifer in in this whole sort of whatever i've done you need to be able to work a lot and not expect a lot uh you know what i mean as far as riches and security and everything it's it's, it's basically like with our company it's basically just our work ethic like we are willing to just work and do a good job you know what i mean or try to you know what i mean i'm not trying to pat ourselves in the back or anything. we didn't really start out to be like let's be some competitive empire in, 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 in the industry or whatever you know what i mean it's like we both just grew up listening to music and being in love with music and doing whatever and it, you know what i mean it's it's just kind of in our blood so you know if we just had day jobs we'd be listening to music you know with an earphone all day and going home to buy music and listen to music and go to shows you know what i mean so it's like the fact that we can pay our mortgage and everything on it like you know i have a ton in the bank but yeah we can pay we can pay the bills with it so it's dave like, how did music for you become your love and you not you didn't get attached to sports video yeah. games uh leather working yeah, yeah i was always into skating and shit like that you know like riding riding bikes and you know being active was very very active kid and everything else we were always running around and everything but yeah it was like individual sports and being in the woods and and, and things like that it wasn't like i you know i, I played baseball for like a I don't know. I think I quit before the first game because like, I just didn't like it, you know, like little league, this is like fourth grade or some shit. You know what I mean? I just never really played any of that. We, you know, I was always into like, we played floor hockey in gym class. Who didn't like that? You know, it was always, there was, you know, playing, playing games and, and shit with people was always, I always liked playing a football game or basketball or whatever with friends, uh, you know, as a kid or whatever as a team, but I just never got into the, you know, the the team thing like you know going to get on a bus with a bunch of dudes to go fucking play football in the next town and you know i just never whatever like you know again i was like starting a band with my friends by the time i was 13 you know i bought a base it was like yeah. i'd rather at than like a baseball bat but you know? what, what 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 is it about music that that hooked you so much and became such such a passion i don't know i'm not really sure i think it was just part of us like our parents were my parents were only, you know, they're only like 20 years older than me, 20 and 21 years older than me. So, uh, you know, I'm born in 78. They they had all their records from like the 70s and shit. You know, I grew up listening to like the Eagles and whatever. Yeah. It was just like part of what we did, you know, listening to eight tracks and, the, you know, LPs and the classic rock on the radio, which is kind of always around. And my grandmother was really into jazz and everything, which I didn't get until you know, closer to like later in her life. I started getting into it and now I wish, you know, she could go around because now it's like, you know, one of my main things it's that I, you know, explore. So it, it's, you know, things just kind of keep evolving in, in different ways like that. So I think there's, you don't get burnt out on it. Like if I'm like sitting at the bar by myself, I'm normally like writing some lyrics or ideas or something I didn't do here or whatever anyway. And I'm listening to the people like down the bar and they're, 
you know, no, no, Hank, so-and-so is a better pitcher. And like, yeah, well, the other guy's a better runner. And it's like, who gives a shit? Like you two, you, you, you two motherfuckers down at the end of the bar can't run to first base. Like you shouldn't be able to talk shit about this dude who can dust you. You know what I mean? Like it's, I was always just like turned off by all this, you know, like uh, people comparing other people's shit, everything else. Like, of course, people do it in music, like the whole Megadeth Metallica thing or whatever people do or, you know, whatever. Of course, there's that's going to exist anywhere. But of it, course. Different. When you're arguing over like which Metallica record's better, it's totally different than than who's the better base, who has a better batting average or some shit. You know, it's like, who cares? <laughs> it's, just, it's always so dumb to me. And like, so... You know, I get it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people who like sports. It's just never, you know, I don't care. Like, I'll sit at the bar and watch anybody play whatever because I'm there to drink a beer and it's in front of me. But, like, you know, it's, you know, sure, play that. Don't play a Linkin Park video. I'd rather watch baseball. You know what I mean? It's like there, there's there's a difference. You know what I mean? You don't just, like, want to love all music, you know? Okay. Now, you know, you just mentioned Linkin Park and stuff like that. Is there anything or any trend in music you know, being so into it and always listening to it. Is there something you can't grasp? You can't understand how such and such is popular? Turn on the radio. <laughs> Dude, it is so funny you mention that. My, my fiance with her pop music she listens to, like this, I don't know the, this girl's music, this Billie Eilish. But yeah. there's so many of these female artists, like the new thing seems to be singing where it sounds like you're holding your nose and you're whispering kind of it's fucking um, weird yeah. oh, I, I wouldn't I, I you know i know who a lot of people are because i see them and i'm sure i hear their music in passing on you know just television or whatever but like i just don't i just don't pay attention to the big popular pop stuff That's i just it. neither do i brother and it's not that i'm like I don't like really build any kind of boundaries or walls and say, I won't listen to that. But like, yeah, I never got into the new metal thing like at all. You know what I mean? I didn't get into it at all. Like the closest I would get would be like when, uh, I don't know when, when disembodied would tune down to like corn or something, but I was like, disembodied's way cooler and corn blows. You know what I mean? Like I just, you know, I got into that first corn record for about three months, and now it's like I just want to jump in front of the train. Like I, I didn't get any of that, any of that, you know, whatever. So um, there's things that limp, limp biscuit never made you want to break stuff. <laughs> yeah, not that it made you want to break the records. Like I don't want to <laughs> jump around. I, I never got into that shit either, buddy. Uh, no, no, was, the I, band I who I, you know, what what band people love that I despise is that system of a down i i can't um i don't listen like i don't own anything and i but i i don't i don't hate them as much as i do like almost anything like i don't really listen to almost any sort of you know whatever but like at least i think system of down had like some interesting things that i heard them do where i was like oh cool that's kind of like some ripping like gypsy yeah riff or something you know what i mean like some cool like old world carnival sound or something i've heard them do some interesting things but again i just i just don't i don't care now, I, I, don't I will care. say this dave maybe you can call me crazy the one thing though that i don't get and i don't understand this is the hill i will die on the most overrated metal band to me mush sugar there you go uh, man you didn't see Meshuggah in the 90s man Saw them like uh, I saw a uh, Meshuggah 
uh, Sugar, uh, Sick of It All, and Slayer in Philly. You know, and I'm not saying they're bad. I have just not seen what the big deal is yet. Yeah. And Um, you know what? I reached out to Liz to say, hey, I'm willing to cover them. Let me try. Let me try. Because I'm always willing to learn. They've got they've got the records. They're not going to tell you how to like their band. You know, everybody else does. They don't. They don't they're not going to try to force you to like their band. <laughs> like, that's just it. There's a million things there, and it's like okay. So when the first Mush Sugar came out, did were you like, oh shit, there's something different here? Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I, I would have got into them. I heard them uh, probably destroy, erase, and prove was the first thing I had heard, and it just starts out with. Uh, you know, future breed machine, I guess, for a song. And it's like, that just comes out with this disgustingly heavy pummeling, like hard thing. Now there's something, you know, I mentioned like Candiria and there's, uh, you know, you meant, and, 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 you know, now we're talking about Meshuggah and there's these things that people equate to like new metal because of these low tunings and strings and things like that. It's like, get the fuck out of here. These dudes are like mathematicians, you know what I mean? Like simple arithmetic or something but like there's something more pattern to it than you can imagine it's like something cerebral so it's not you're hearing someone doing death metal in this out of time thing that it's happening so you know like a fast change that's very obvious they're doing these subtle things and there is like an immersive thing you mentioned sun there's an immersive thing that happens when you see some of these bands or whatever because of the tones that they're hitting and the things that they're doing to your body and the things that you're not even really thinking about that can kind of make it more of an altering experience rather than, hey, man, that's a good band. There's something that actually happens to your body in the same way that, you know, you can make or your brain in the same way you can make it happen with, you know, yoga or meditation or again, with and you're not even really thinking. About it, you know what I mean? You're not running and going, well, I'm really happy because I'm jogging right now, but you feel good. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it's, you feel good. So it's like, there's something that happens there and it's not for everybody to go stand there and listen to sun and be into it. And it's not for anybody. If you're already walking in there, like this is going to be stupid that you probably won't get it. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta be there kind of with an open mind and watching the way other people react to things is also something that, that is, it's not like, oh, well, everybody else likes this band. I have to, too. But it's kind of like when you see an entire community of people reacting to something in a way that you wouldn't really expect them to. You know what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm in no way religious. I'm like in no way like spiritual. You know what I mean? So the only kind of magic or otherworldly sort of shit that happens to me is stuff that happens like inside your head. You know what I mean? It actually happens to you or whatever. So you know, the same way, you know, coffee stimulates a brain or a drug stimulates a brain or whatever. That's what art does. That's what music does. That's what different hearing someone play a rhythm that you've never heard before does. You know what I mean? It's like it does this actual thing to you. Sometimes you don't even really pick up on it. Until, well, like, grid failure definitely does stimulate something. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to try to sell you, man. You don't like them. No, 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 no. And But, but you know what, though, brother? You know what? I, I, not tooting my own horn here i think a lot of people in this industry on 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 both sides aren't honest they 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 high you know and i'm not being disrespectful i just don't get it 
where a, a lot of people are are too afraid this day and age to just be blunt and be honest. Um, sometimes you you know everybody's watching for what everybody's you know everybody's listening and and you know you can't come out and just say anything you want. Oh, because and, dude, you remember the mid two thousands and all the fucking blabbermouth shit? My God, you said something and it was on blabbermouth everywhere. Yeah, it's still that way. I mean, it's you know like. You know, I don't know. I, I work in I work in the industry and in the media and everything in a certain way of communication and everything else. But it's more of like a you know, it's like a middle ground for everything. And it's like you know, you don't really have to go be some actual receptor in any way. You know what I mean? It's like you got to kind of be passive in, in everything. You just don't get involved in drama. You don't get involved. Just in don't get. Yep, 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 yep. Now, um, people being dishonest or whatever. I mean, sure, there's always going to be people who were like, you know, doing an industry thing for. Uh, whatever reason of course everybody's in it for business i mean also not everybody has the same passions as you and not everybody sees everything the same way as you so you can't sit back and judge how everybody else is or how they do it or why they do something for a reason everybody's got a reason or else some people you know come and go or, or whatever it is like it's just like any anywhere else you can't judge anybody because they wear like a, a different sports jacket than you. You can't judge anybody because they vote for a different person than you. Yep, you I, I, brother, I'm with you there. Great point. A person on who they are and what you know, whatever. So, I and mean, not even judge them. I'm saying you, that's how you receive people. You know yes. what I mean? It's not even that. So, yep. you know, I think I think you can pretty much be uh, turned away or pissed off from any kind of person, no matter what. You know, it's, it's just a store or you know that you know in in any industry. So. You know, there's nothing that the, the music industry is that no other, you know, you know, what, paper company isn't spreading. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. What what is the most rewarding part of working in your industry? Oh, I don't know. Um, because you you've been doing it for for so long. Do you? Yeah. Does anything to you like the accessibility of music and the fact that we've gotten to work with like some of our favorite bands and people like some, you know, I've worked with or, or still work with, you know what I mean? Uh, Neurosis. Today is the day. You know, some of my favorite bands I've worked with, with integrity. I just like uh, did a bunch of random work with some of the dead guy stuff that's been going on the last couple of years. Like, you know, like when you can work with some of your favorite bands, as long as you don't let them down, it's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? To, you know, I got like a, I got thanked at like a Neurosis record. You know what I mean? Like that's you know, that was like one of those things where you're just like, oh, wish Mom would hang this one on the fridge, you know. Like, Dude, like, speaking about neurosis, you know? have have you heard I just did an interview with them with the Amin Ra guys. Have you heard Scott's work in Absent in Body? Yes. Oh good yeah. shit, man. I have to I have to actually pick up a copy of the record. I don't I don't have that yet. Oh, good shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the biggest complaint of being into so much music is just not having the bread, man. It's like that's why you gotta pick and choose. You know, you gotta buy what you really want. You know, and it's cool. You can always sell something or whatever. That's the thing with the digital music. It's it's cheaper, and you can pre-stream and everything else with 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 physical music. You always had to. I mean, I, I shop dollar bands and all kinds of crap all the time. You know, you know, just buying records. In person, you know, whether you went there for that record or whatever, you know, doing the physical purchasing in a record store is always different. There's always
always like a magical thing. You know what I mean? Even if you're in there like with only like fifteen or twenty dollars to the kid, like go to the used section. Don't go buy one CD. You came home with like seven CDs. You know what I mean? Like uh, I was like probably thirteen or fourteen or whatever, and this record store opened, you know, three or four towns over. Like actually, no, like two towns over, but I lived in the middle of nowhere, so. I was riding my bike seven, eight miles or whatever on this dangerous road on a mountain bike, you know, at 13 to go over to Millersville to go to this joint called Young Ones because I had like 13 extra dollars, you know what I mean, after I mowed lawns or whatever. And I'd go over there and Relapse Records was down the street. So they would get all the all the promos. I'd go in there and I'd find Relapse stuff with like holes cut and, you know, what the hell is this? I don't know. It's awesome. Like, and I would just come home with like all these crazy, you know, metal and grindcore bands. I never, you know, I saw stickers over on Millersville, but the Millersville, it's like just, there's a magic to, you know, to music and everything that never, never gets old. But then it's the whole thing like, ah, like by the time I have the money for that, it's going to be sold out. You know, like you can't buy everything, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta pay your electric bill. Do you have a white whale record that if you saw it, it would make your day? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I think, like, I like to collect original presses of, of, of bands' records when they came out, but I don't mind having a repress or whatever. I don't give a shit about glow-in-the-dark splatter or whatever. Yeah, I, I just owning it on the big format. I like owning it on the big analog format. I like when bands put time into it, not like, hey, we just crank these out. And they got like this white paper sleeve. And, it's like, and it oh, sounds it's, like shit. Yeah. Put any time into it or whatever. But when people, when you get that thing and it's got that, that lining and it's on that paper with that cool mat and it's got the, you know, they, oh, they put a little spot varnish up here on the top of this part, made the record just that much more deluxe and gave a shit. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like when artists follow everything through not like hi i did this now i don't care about the artwork or whatever else like i don't know who does that you, you got to kind of manifest you know the idea of you know you got to put it all the way through it's like so you, know, you don't have a record that that would be your would complete your collection i don't think i, I would ever be able to put any one record that would say complete because say i did get you know something that i was really after um that doesn't mean I would stop buying music. So no, of course. No, 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 no. You would not stop buying music, but like me being a hockey fan, if I had an Alex Ovechkin, you know, graded rookie card, I'd be like, fuck that. There you go. I I have it. Like, like, is there like, is anything, is there like some original pressing of some album that you're like there, this is the one I, I want. There's a lot of early Misfits stuff, like original press and early press of the Misfits stuff that, that you know, that's that's like my favorite shit. And it goes for such ridiculous amounts of money. You know what I mean? Like there's like certain pressings of, you know, Walk Among Us that there's like maybe seven on this weird purple haze that got mixed up at the end of the batch. And you see them on these fan sites and stuff. And it's like, you know, I'd rather have that than a than a than like a like a a, a new car so you know what i mean it's like yeah like so i'm not sure if any single one record i have this really cool uh misfits walk among us i guess it's like a second press and it's got the halloween bag in it the trick-or-treat bag they did and it's just like the coolest thing ever made you know what i mean it's like so yeah like that's why i would love to have 650 dollars to get that first press of 
the legacy of brutality that's on. Is that history. record? Is that Misfits one your most expensive one you own? What that I paid for? Or no, no, no. I, like value wise. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I can't even. I've been collecting music my entire life. Yeah. I have, I have virtually no idea what people will pay for certain things. Yeah. You know, I walked into. Hold on. So what's what's that? What is that one Misfits record? Oh, the one I have is the Walk Among Us. Uh, that's that's probably my like most cherished record. It's such a pretty pressing. It's my favorite record of theirs. And that, okay, but what's the one that if money wasn't an issue, you would you would buy? <laughs> oh, money wasn't an issue. Yeah, I'm just looking up discogs right now. This is a fun little thing. Give me something that would, like I said, like me an Alex Ovechkin rookie card would cost me like four or five thousand dollars now. I don't know. You probably, I think anybody would have to say that Wu Tang record that there's one copy. Of, oh, there's right? one copy. Okay, yes, that. But but come on, give me give me a metal album. Oh man, I don't know. Put me on the spot here. Um, okay, Misfits, and again the Walk Among Us. Yeah, I have. There's like a, I got a pressing on Ruby that's got the Halloween bag in it or whatever. This is the coolest one. But there's there's some early versions of that with the pink. You know the original pink cover and everything that are on like uh okay well first off the ruby records walk among us the one you have they're selling on discogs for 400 bucks i didn't pay 400 bucks i think i paid maybe 64 back in the 90s or 2000s or some you yeah know, probably 90s. no i paid like 50 or 60 bucks for it i think but you know it wasn't quite i don't know things blew up then there was you know look up uh what is it like there's a pressing of judges uh chung king can suck it that goes for like thousands of dollars you know um it's just there's you know there's there's just such random random records out there but i'm not saying that you know that that's one of my like white whale ones that's one yeah. of just those very sought after crazy records that i can never understand that i could never like see spending you know i i've I definitely like gone into record stores and come out with that sick feeling you know what i mean like because you just went nuts. dude i have done that too i have walked out of record stores and i'm like man i gotta go take a shower i fucking feel dirty yeah i gotta go like mow some lawns or some shit right i gotta go like shovel some snow and make up for this but like you know it's gonna pass you know it's money's stupid it's just you, you try to be responsible um but i could never see like i don't know when i'd see people drop you know eight hundred dollars because there's like 50 copies of this one color of this old seven inch even if it's like your favorite band you know what i mean i was just i never understood that but you know again that's i, I can't understand why people spend a hundred thousand dollars on a car so it's like you know what i mean it's like it, that's just money you know of course if i you know if money wasn't an issue i would be dangerous i would have like a it'd be like a like a like a walmart you know what i mean it would just be shelves of music Okay, I have my most expensive one. I found it for 30 bucks. I have the original first pressing. I, I, I swear it's first pressing of Metal Massacre that Brian Slagle released years ago. That sells on Discogs right now for like two grand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen people spend 
thousand, like, yeah, ridiculous. I mean, not, you know, personally. I don't know if I ever knew anybody that could spend $2,000. Well, yeah, I, I, actually, I, I knew some crazy hardcore kids back in, like, late 90s that, you know, that were diehard collectors that would, you know, write to people in Japan and, like, take, you know, certified checks and, you know, just send tons of money to, you know, these random collectors that would pick up things on random tours and, you know, same way tape trading worked and everything, but, like, mm -hmm. You know, just I don't know. It's, it's kind of like organ dealing, man. It's like you can probably get a new lung cheaper than that chunk king can suck it. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's it, that, 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 well, whatever. But that's that's what everybody has. You know, if you have the money for it, good for you. You know, like I don't like to spend more than like fifty dollars on sneakers. You know. Yeah. Um. Does does is is your life since you're so much in the music scene and you know you're writing now and doing everything. <laughs> Are you listening to a lot of music throughout the day? We listen to music. We, I mean, we, we work with so many bands. We work with dozens of new bands at a time. So we have to listen to pretty much all that stuff. And we we really like a lot of what we work with. You know what I mean? It's kind of cool that, you know, we, we almost always hear everything. There's certain labels and you can't always hear everything. It's just kind of coming down, you know, in the release schedule with the people that you work entire rosters for and things like that. But you know, when people are just reaching out to us, you know, independent bands or one-off bands or whatever, just for PR, like we're always hearing everything right yep. up front. Like you get to kind of vet everything, but like we're we we're not going to take anything that we absolutely just don't agree with or hate or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like um, it's 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 fairly selective. You know, we're hearing everything. You know, people are submitting shit all the time. Um, we still, you know, there's still a lot of writer lists. We, we were both on. A lot of promo lists we both most of a lot of our friends and you know people are just in the music industry like we just hear tons of shit there's not even enough hours in the day and even so it's like of course i like to explore and, and and hear more music at night but i'm also coming down here with very limited time making my own yeah. music or whatever. so i also want to hear my favorite records i want to be able to go like you know filling the catalog of your favorite band you know, there's like another couple of Faith No More LPs I need till I have all of their records on some pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's like just certain things that you just always are looking for. and You just want to hear. It's like I don't want to just go buy, you know, a record I don't have from one of my favorite bands because I just want to have the the LP because I already have the CD and the tape and it's just a, a collector thing. It's like yeah. I want to listen to this shit on vinyl. You know what I mean? I want to turn it on down here disconnected from my work computer. You know what I mean? And yep. and, and break it up. You know what I mean? It's like... Yep. Um, so you, you just you can't expect yourself to hear everything and you can't expect yourself to like everything and i'm not saying you should just judge every book by its cover by any means but you can also kind of tell if you're gonna definitely need to hear something not if you're gonna hate it you can't judge if it's good or not whatever but you can pretty much after you've you know done it, you can kind of see things sometimes and just for some reason it, it, it draws you in you know the artwork or something you heard about it or who you heard say something about it or whatever you know what i mean it's kind of like the word on the street shit it's like you know what i mean you just gotta find ways of, of channeling uh you know like okay now i've gone and i've checked out 10 bands from this website and eight of them are pretty pretty fucking awesome so i i'm, I'm kind of liking what they're picking you know what they're they're not you know what i mean when you kind of tap into something that people are into and it's like you can kind of pick up uh just weird channels of where you're going to hear new music that you're more apt to like because you can want to hear everything, but you're not going to like everything. And yep. 
there's, it's just, again, there's so, there's so much music out there right now. It, it's just baffling. Dude, I, I have found it on Discogs. Um, that Judge album, yeah. Chung King Can Suck It. The highest it ever sold for was $8,300. I thought it might have been around 10 or something, but yeah, I knew there was like, uh, there was, a, I knew that people paid thousands for that record. Yeah. And, it's like sometimes there's a certain story behind or you know whatever it's it's you know it's, there, there's there's a lot of reasons people pay the money they do but um you know. to go a couple more questions and i'll let you go about your way when when you come down and you work on grid failure since it is so a a, a different project and you it's different than what a lot is out there what what do you have what what is left to tap into for you what do you want to everything like that's that's kind of what i do it's like i have records that are just no but is there anything in your mind you're like i haven't done this yet i want to try this next yeah i'm working on a lot like that's the kind of stuff like doing with with mac like uh there's ideas i have a sort of an americana based record uh that i'm that i'm i want to finish this year um and that's something that's kind of more inspired by you know campfire stuff and neil young and whatever and like uh you know what I mean? It gives you more of like that Western old school vibe. It's like, you just think about music that you like and something you haven't done. Like I'd like to be better at making beats so I can make hip hop stuff you know, more than I do. I like to produce like a hip hop record the same way. I can you rap? Really different. No, I, I'm not going to bother. trying. <laughs> I'm, I can, um, a lot of what I do um, live with grid failure is very much in the vein of freestyling though. Um, I don't have, you know, I don't, I, I can't, I can't convince, do convincing, you know, rap lyrics or, or whatever. Like, I haven't really tried that much, I guess. You know, it's not really something I could just see myself going and rapping. But live, Grid Failure has never had a planned set. We don't play any of my material. Like, we just get together, whoever whoever I can get on stage, and we just completely improvise everything. And so I'll pull lyrics from different songs and different records and everything. And I'm just basically freestyling a ton of it. I got you. We'll play a half hour set that was completely not planned. So there's a lot of things that happen where they're like, it's much more in the vein of, of, of experimental jazz at its theory or heart or whatever, I guess, not really in the, the actual execution. So there's more to it. Like I can't, I don't listen to a whole lot of just sit around and listen to tons of wall noise. You know what I mean? Like I, there's, there's very, very incredibly noisy artists I listen to and stuff, but there's, there's more of like a, a pulse or a rhythm or something that I'm, that I'm hearing and everything. So it's like, why can't I do a jazz record in the style? Why can't we do an Americana record in the style? Why can't blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So it's, I can pretty much see myself doing almost anything different, but still having attributes of has i i have to ask because I, I i find it cool is uh has liz ever helped you or joined joined in yeah she's on a few records she's that uh, is awesome she's on a couple little things i have uh like that i'm working on right now she was on a couple i think there was i think she was on one of the records i, I gave away a record on uh for halloween i do this series called when the lights go out and it was like the third one of those i think she had something on there my old cat Spencer was on there. My nephew Isaac was on there for that was his first record. I think he was on. Dude, I'm, hey, I'm not too. I'm not uh, asking here, but maybe for this ha- Halloween, can I get on? You can get on tomorrow, man. I don't care. Fuck yes, let's do something. Here you go. No. 
It wasn't recording. You gotta send me. You gotta send me. You gotta send me. Dude, copy. let's fucking do something so I can put my stamp and say, you know what? I'm a fucking artist now. You, you, you've got a cool microphone right there. I would put like, uh, I don't know. I would like cut the bottom out of a, a big like uh, Maxwell House can or something and like yes. put it over the thing and put this big cavern and then scream at it as loud as you can from about four feet away. And it'll probably sound you're, like you're screaming through a jet turbine in there, dude. Let's see. But the thing is, I need, I need, I need a guitarist. I need a bass player. I want to do death metal. All right. Well, you know, there's always Craigslist. <laughs> Looking to start band, Dave. I, I tell you what. The you know, the interesting thing about you that that I love is you know you worked and you 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 and I expressed back and forth in emails how long your your days are. <laughs> And you, you, the excitement is coming through the mic. I, 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 I love it. What? That's, uh, I don't know. I think that's just kind of how I am. Just, is you know, it? kind of pepper ass, but, uh, yeah, that's just it. It's, it's, you're not, it, the hours are long and it's grueling because of the amount of work and everything else. But it's also because we want to work with people and, I don't know. We like we, we like the actual job. We like the actual creation of of helping people create their art and delivering it and things like that. There's you know what I mean? It's I'm not saying we're like Red Cross workers or any kind of no. shit like that. Yeah. Like there's much more important people by far, like anywhere, you know, you look as, as far as like how to make the world work and everything. But it's you know, I think art and being able to deliver your art is very important, you know, and uh so it's kind of like that. You kind of feel this uh like even though it's hard or whatever, it's like it's not just the accomplishment of like you know heavy lifting or whatever. It, it's that you know, hey, we help get this person's record out. You know that kind of thing. It's it's satisfying. You know okay. what I mean? For, for which is very rewarding. For so, anybody listening now, you know, I'm not saying this is a business proposition, but are you guys always open to new artists if they want to work with with you? taking on new stuff we, we we can't take on most of what we are offered just because you know the idea would be to you know eventually expand and have another person and you know like things hey, like I'm, that. hey i'm retired bring me on come on no who's taking on artists man you see how much new music we announce every yeah week, yeah know? exactly like in the, you know a year ahead of time or anything that's you know we're getting pitched all the time and it's like if we have time to do it of course, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's business. It's what we do. It's how we're going to put, you know, put up a new fence or whatever. It's, it's, you know, it's, it all goes somewhere, we, you know, and as fans, we still buy merch and, and do you, you know, and so we're still supporting, you know, artists too. So it's, you know, you know, Dave, be honest here though. You know, you, you, you talked to, to some people in various lines of work as things have changed and evolved. Um, you know, like you say, you hear somebody say, yeah, I want to get it. They go, they're in college now. They're like, yeah, I want to get into radio. Well, a lot of people say radio is dead. You'd be an idiot to get into radio now. It, it, would you, somebody listening now, somebody young, you know, people don't have decades experience like you do. Is, is, is there always going to be a need for what you guys do? Or is PR evolving with the internet now that eventually is going to come a point where what you guys do is going to be gone? I don't know. I hope not. I'll have to sell the house. I don't know. Um, no, I mean, you just, it's evolved constantly. 
you know, it, it, it is always evolving, but I don't think we're following any kind of specific template that was designed in a certain way at a certain time. I think we pretty much have to flex with the times as we have been, you know, we branch into a million different uh, sort of avenues of what we do within ear split within a certain day. It's not really not stripped down to one thing. Um, I think you just kind of need to learn how to flex with whatever comes, you know, Te technology changes every uh, facet of, of, of business and industry, no matter what it is, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, I think that's the same thing. I don't think the art has changed. Uh, there's definitely more artists and bands out there than ever. So there's never not going to be a need like of course anybody can go i could go make a record right now tonight put it on Bandcamp in one hour but how do you get a thousand people to buy it how do you get that's 5, yep. like there are things that people can't just do in their garage that the music industry or whatever it is does and that isn't some machine you get fed into i'm saying that yes radio isn't dead radio is just like everything else it is a different format because Spotify gets so much attention. Like I can't stand Spotify. I don't give a shit. You know, I, I want an LP, you know, like I, I, there, there's always going to be a need. People said there wasn't a need for, you know, all their Walkmans and they threw them out. And now cassettes are big because it takes so long to get vinyl. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's like things come back around. Nothing dies, like nothing goes away. Everything new metals back, you know, glam is back, you know, I mean, nothing goes away. It just hides or goes dormant or, you know, recedes or whatever so no of course the internet is going to change how communications work communications are going to change in their own ways it's going to change how tv is delivered and you know people have their their diets like plugged into their watch now of course entertainment of all sorts you know movies are made different than they were even five years ago or whatever so it's of course it's going to evolve but i don't think it's going to be we're not going to wake up on saturday and be like you know, and then, you know, Monday be like, oh, my God, did you hear the music industry's gone? We don't have a job. It's like, what the fuck? I'll figure something else out. That's what we've done our whole lives. But it's, you know, now we've got this company. The idea is more to, like, branch that into other areas. Like, I'm getting more into uh, video creation and, and things like that. You know, I want to get more into that side of things and, and, and do more creation. So instead of just working with bands on one aspect of it, I want to, you know, I do design. I do photography i do art layouts i do all this i do drawings and you know I, there's like a lot of things that's like hey let's expand into that let's try this let's do that. dave but, you you being a big uh you know you mentioned lps we've been talking about that a couple of times i have to go back here for this because it just hit me why isn't grid Ferrier on the L, lp yet i don't make the money to afford putting shit on vinyl man I, believe me i would in every way dude i would i would have one just to support you brother put out music so often i put out like i think i put out six releases last year yep. you know what i mean yep. like I, some of that was like live live improv performances it wasn't just me or whatever but some of those records i put months and years into and everything and it's i just put out shit too fast for that to matter um i have a very dedicated very small group of like friends and followers and fans and social media followers, everything else that really check shit out and, and are supportive of this thing, but I'm not making it for that. Um, of course, I would love to be able to put everything on vinyl. Of course, like that'd be the, you know, the first thing I could do if I was rich, that's the first thing I do. I wouldn't buy a yacht. I'd like put all my shit out on, on vinyl, but like, uh, 
you know, I'm doing a record with uh, Steve from Today is the Day, and that will probably, like, his new label, uh, well, it's not his new label, Supernova Records. He's had it for years and years. He's put out, you know, records in the 90s and 2000s. But uh, I helped him uh, resurrect that label, kind of rebrand it, kind of relaunch it full time and bring all the Today is the Day titles there under one roof. So Dude, Temple of the Morning Star. Oh, shit. Yeah, favorite records ever. It's the only cover song I've ever done. I put out, like, 30 grid failure records and I've only done one cover song and it was Temple of the Morning Star. So it's uh yeah, so it's like Steve's now like a really, really good friend for years. And I, you know, I've been helping him on on kind of the, you know, the relaunch of that. And I'm going up there to record with him at some point this year, probably this summer. And I'm thinking that'll probably be on vinyl because he Steve's a big vinyl guy too. He really likes that that format and likes to put his the the, the record worms is the first thing that's on the new uh, format of uh supernova the sound today is the day title and that's coming out now and that's on vinyl and cassette and you know all the good old you know, analog formats so we'll probably do like a hundred or two you know what i mean it's, there's no reason i'm going to make a thousand records or anything like that but that's going to be a different kind of record because i'm going to go there and develop something probably mostly on the spot with steve at the production helm instead of me i've always made all my my stuff here so that, that's going to be a lot of fun and just be something that i think i'm just going to go there raw and like you know five days later come out with whatever it's going to be and and go and uh i'm super excited about that i put out stuff with like nefarious industries and we do a lot of cool tape releases that's what uh, dismemberment cabaret came out on um and my my third uh collaboration with megalophobe harbinger winds is coming out um we're just putting the touches on the the merch and everything else but that's going to be a cassette and and that one I'm really proud of. That one Ben and I started back when Mac was first coming out here in 2017 and everything. And it was supposed to be our second collaboration together. And then we wrote that Tyson Kepe stuff that became too crazy. And we put that out in between and then came back to this record. So this stuff is like five years old. And then we just really worked the hell out of it in the last year or so. And it's literally something, again, like, kind of like the other like the thing i recorded with mac here that i can't believe ben and i put together we just really assembled a really cool cast of this weird jazzy kind of entourage and it's just this really sexy scary sad cool record and i can't wait to get that out because there's already videos done for it that i made here and we just made some really crazy stuff so i always I'm so ready to get on to the next thing by the time I'm done with something that it's hard to even reflect on making it because I just can't wait to do it again. I want to keep just turning and turning and turning. You know, when I'm too old to scream like that anymore, then I'll just, you know, put out folk records or something. I don't know. Who cares? Like, I'm not there yet. Like, Dude, you know. I, okay, for, for, for those listening right now, I, I, I do have to get it out. Your band camp has a ton of stuff. I, I need to get all your fucking shirts because they look amazing, brother. <laughs> amazing. Mean, there's, there's a few designs up on Bandcamp. There's a lot of stuff on the on the nefarious industry site. But yeah, I, I make all I make everything. I pretty much sell my photography or design or drawings or whatever. So thanks. Like I, yeah, dude, your your stuff, man. I am. You're gonna see an order come come through for me. You got some, man. You got some sick stuff, man. <laughs> We'll work something out. Don't don't just don't just order, man. Just let me know what you want. I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I, up, okay, order. brother. I, hey, you know my my friend. I, it your your. I talk to a lot of artists. Successful bands who I've talked to of all levels aren't don't even come across as passionate as you are. So I want to make sure I I say that to you. 
Because even even in your emails, I've talked to guys who have been doing decades upon decades of of music. They don't come across as passionate as as you, and it's very refreshing to hear that. Well, thank you. I mean, I I I I don't you know with work and everything else, it's there's no reason to be like, hey, I want to run my own company and whatever, and then just like collect checks and burn through people whatever it's like you want to just like in life you want to you know i'm not here to be praised as some like uh industry person or something it's like i think we're all peers and artists who work on the same level yep and i think without that respect like i don't i don't i'd rather work with broke people who give a shit about what's going on in their life and what's going on with the scene and they want to do something important they want to put that put out this great record and stuff rather than you know, somebody with like big pockets and a dickhead attitude, you know what I mean? It's like, it, you know, that if, if that was the case, and I'd go work on Wall Street and I'd make real money and, you know, have like, you know, benefits, you know, like I wouldn't work at home and, and you yep. know, hustle, you know, like it's, 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 I think it just, it's like a, just a, like I said before, like with the, the long hours and everything, it's just Liz and I both have a big, like, work ethic in general i think you know what i mean if we work for a company we'd both bust ass too i can't just sit around all day i'd be I, w- I would be a big pain in the ass if i got that job i'm always like fuck the music industry i'm going over to fill out a fucking application at home depot like right now is always a joke and then it's always like i'd be like you know peter griffin's dad at that shit i'd be so annoying i'd be like quit smacking that gum okay. so loud younger employee like, pick up that shit move like you know, you're not here to slack off. Like, I'd be so annoying. I'd be Hank Hill. I'd be like, that's not how, you know, put some effort into it. Use your back, you know, like. But for, you know, for a a, a, a couple so deep in music, you know, where some, I, this is not me and, you know, this is not what I enjoy doing, but some people like to sit every single night and watch 10 Netflix shows. If that's yeah. what they like to do, that's on them. I'm not knocking them. Do, do what's what's a night for you and Liz? Are you guys so much in the music world? Is it you guys just spinning a new record? Um, we work here together all day, and she does a lot of uh, yoga classes and okay. things like that out there. Um, I have you know grid failure is my thing in here. I go biking or running or whatever. I'm I'm out doing a lot like more like uh, you know burning off. I do a lot. Yeah. Of, I started running last year pretty pretty regularly after I broke my foot. I had to like rehab it, so I just. For some reason started running and i uh, ran my first half marathon good for you fall so um you know it's it's we're both active and things like that we just like you know during the pandemic we've been killing a lot of movies but it's like we watched like an episode or two of like ray donovan we watched we blew through that season and now we're watching it again it's just awesome you know dude have like, you seen six six session i will never sit around for a saturday and just watch tv no yeah. way like either play guitar or work in the yard you know whatever but uh I'm sorry, which one? Have you seen Succession on HBO? No. Oh, it's good. It's good shit, man. Yeah, I don't know that one. It's good shit. Well, check it out, because I've I've been let down. Like, HBO used to be the shit. Dude, this show is just about a fucking media media mogul family, and they're all evil, despicable people. It's fucking awesome. Ah, it sounds great. Yeah, I love it. Well, Dave, I have waited for this interview for a long time. I will let you go about your evening. I yes. I That's appreciate it. this, my my friend. I appreciate what you do for me personally because you you help occupy a lot of my time. You help generate a lot of content for Nine Circles here. Um, you generate 
well it's it's a mutual thing that's what i mean it's like we're not here no one's doing a favor for each other like we're both helping each other satisfy yep. a service and yeah, uh, that's and that, right brother you know there's a lot of people out there that like i said like are, are are ungrateful or just don't cover anything or are just kind of you know doing something for their own way and you're always very curious and inquisitive and always about it and like that that is one of the most rewarding things that there is when you're working with this yep. you know however you, industry or whatever yep. whatever yeah dave with. it was like the email conversation you and i had the other day you you thought we were talking about one band and then josh had wrote written to you about oh it's like me i'll talk to anybody because i just love talking music i i, I think it's great to expose the world because somebody might not know of you know, you mentioned a couple, you mentioned a bunch of hardcore punk bands I've never, ever even heard of here, but I, I, but I added them to my list. I'm going to check out. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's plenty of stuff, man. I could talk to you all day about that. I'll just send, you know, if if you just want to hear something that you, you know, like, uh, you're like, Hey, I don't know. Someone mentioned this the other day. Like, you know, what, you know, I don't know. Like what's the, what's the, I don't like earth crisis yet. Like who should I, which record should I listen to? Or you ever have anything like that? I don't care, man. I'll tell you anything. I'll suggest anything. I love talking about music like that. Like even when it's not something I'm working, I'm not going to help you, you know, set up interviews with the competition, but I'll talk to you about nineties hardcore all day long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, again, I work with a bunch of PR people, all different kinds, but you know, you guys, you and and Liz, it, you guys. I'm telling you, you guys are always very prompt, always respectful. It always amazes me with my a, a, ADD mind how organized you guys are with email threads and everything like that. It's it's all smoke and mirrors. That's man. just what I was about to say. To me, it appears you are the magician shit and confusion and standing up from the computer and picking it up and then no, 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 don't throw it. <laughs> Oh mine like you know it's uh it's you know it's it's frustrating you're dealing you know just imagine you know dealing how with many emails do you get in a day deadlines for shit and like you know your windows is doing an update you're just yeah. like pulling your hair out like i gotta send this press release like, dave i i i have to know how many emails do you get a day and how many do you send that's classified and if i tell you i'll kill myself it is too much you know like just just the updates from everybody else like all the all, like there's just so much music you know what i mean it's it's too much you know like it, it, it's you know, I, and we're, we're just killing ourselves with technology and then it's like well i finally get a break from my computer and we like look at like, instagram I, I, and like, you, know, you know i i have gone through a divorce and just trying and that was like three years ago just trying to maintain emails between my lawyer and i was fucking tricky enough you guys you have me who's retired on disability sending you three or four a day i can't imagine all the other fucking people from around the globe who are contacting you yeah it's it and, and then we have to you know the people the people that we're supposed to be chasing down a lot of things aren't the ones that are just instantly replying to us and you know there's there's there's, there's a lot of moving parts and it is very uh you know i get um it's kind of a brain fog thing. It's, it's like a, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you get this uh, tech fatigue or something okay. like that. anybody who's on a computer all day gets it. anybody who's yeah. processing information all day gets it. Anybody who's, you know, whatever it's a thing, but uh, 
it's not doing the same thing. We're doing like a million different things. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a NORAD. You need to be hot. You need to kind of be like up and ripping. You can't be, whoa. Okay. Do you like, know nope. what bothers me? I don't know if you have an iPhone, but my email inbox right there, you see it's clear. I hate any notifications that I have a new email. I quickly delete it. I can only fucking imagine what your inbox alerts must look like right now or at any time. You need pitchforks and shit. Like I can't I can't even look. Like I'm not like if I even sat here and looked, no, it's like forget about it. Like they've got beards that are going out. There's like things that are going out tomorrow. Tomorrow's Bandcamp Friday. Everyone's gonna pillage each other for Bandcamp Friday. It's like, you know, it, it never ends. And it's like that's one thing that changed when you're asking about changes like uh yeah which is back like with the times that's one thing that really changed recently is like a bunch of years ago it was like eight years ago or something when they switched to uh release dates from tuesdays from to tuesdays to fridays yeah europe or whatever well that didn't bother me in the slightest it made sense it actually made things easier for a few years now it's insane because everybody wants to chart and release their shit on a Friday. So instead of being the day where we can clean up and get ready for the weekend and get a few things ready for Monday and, you know, casual Friday and Aloha shirts and shit like that, you know, like back in the 90s, it was like Friday was cool. You know, it's like now Friday is like the new Monday, I guess is the term. It's fucking nuts. Like it's just everybody's releasing all these records. And like when the two of us have a, a whirlwind where there's just too much overlap, we'll have like. 10 records out and people are like oh by the way it's Bandcamp friday i just made this quick improv set in my living room last night can we put that tomorrow it's like yes you know what i mean so it's like you can't say no, it's yeah. no. hey it's Bandcamp friday we're releasing these 20 20 shirts get yeah, them out yeah. <laughs> yeah. we need a press release asap yeah it's okay it's, it's, okay that's oh dave oh my god i just fell back in my chair because i i can't believe i almost forgot to ask you this how do you guys, after all these years, how do you come up with fucking creative ways to describe a band or an album or a single? <laughs> how do you do it? Because I can't even describe, I can't even text my girl. Like just simply telling you, I can't wait to get home and fuck you always comes out, you know, I uh, I can't even say that in a different way. Like I'm the fucking worst at like five word statements. How do you guys come up with with oh, new ways? The press releases. I don't know. I think if you said like, "Hi, I'm gonna come home and fuck this record," like people would buy it, right? <laughs> they should have you on that. Um, hey, yeah, you know the uh, holes on those forty fives, right? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, so it's terrible. yeah, but but so so how do you guys come up? I've always wondered that. How are how is the, how are you thinking new ways to write things? Delirium, you know, it's like I already sent this out like four times. Why why you gotta make it sound interesting? Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of cut and paste to a lot of it that you know what I mean, that you can, you know, you don't have to write every line every single time, whatever. But it gets boring. It's like just 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 sending it out is boring that way. So I can only imagine being on the receiving end of us sending out like hundreds of press releases and whatever in a week. Like I would want that to be changed up a little bit. I don't want to see the same headline come in every week. I don't want to see the same old you know what I mean? It's like you gotta focus oh, here, on fuck another grid another grid failure project again. What's that? 
No, I was just joking. I was saying waking up to another grid failure email again. No, I'm just fucking with you. I'm trying to put out like five or six records this year. It's just been a slow start. I think it's like the, the rest of the year is going to be just uh, like a, an avalanche. So, <laughs> books and new shows and everything too. So there's some live sets. Yeah, I got How? a lot of videos out, man. It's gonna be do, you, do you like playing live? I love it. I, yeah. I absolutely I like it more than anything. I didn't even like recording back in like my my punk bands and everything. Not that I didn't like it, but like I liked setting up in a garage and playing together. I liked having demos. I liked that part of it. I was never into the technical end of it. I never gave a shit. Like I knew how to put in a boom box and hang a mic over a, a banister or something, you know, things like that. But there was always another guy in a band that was like a little better to four track or whatever. I was never into this technical shit. Um, live for me is where it's at. It is, it is like, it feels like you're, you won the Super Bowl, even if you had a bad show and three people were there. Like it's, it's just the release of it and the action of doing it is more than enough anytime. Like I lose money every time I, I step into this room and start doing grid failure. Money's just going out the door because I could be working and like making money, you know, from client, whatever. I come in here and it's like, man, I might sell a couple dozen copies of things. I might, you know, whatever. It's, it's cool. But like, man, I'll just give records yeah. away sometimes and can't, can't even give them away. It's just like, there's a lot of music out there. And this isn't for everybody. It's just definitely not. So I just, I can't even think but, in that sense. But really. that's the best thing. Like I said earlier, that's what I respect about you so much that, that you, you do you, Dave. Yeah. You do you. Yeah. You, you're not out there, you know, you're, hey, you, I, you like it? Cool. You don't? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was in another band with, with like four people who had different aspirations and whatever, then that's one thing. And then you have to compromise a little bit or, or, or think about things differently, of course, because there's more people involved. Um, and that's always cool too. Like I do want to have that standard band and be part of a, you know, an entity like that again. I don't, you know, I'm working on some collaborative things with the people to have that kind of thing back too. There's, there's, there's pluses and negatives, but the, but the fact is I don't have to wait till Tuesday night at band practice to get together and record with so-and-so. I just come down here when I'm done working or, you know what I mean? For 10 minutes on a lunch break, no one's going to know it. We're home, you know what I mean? Commit beer, bang something. Like there's a freedom to it. That's that, that allows that kind of nonstop okay. output. Yep. Help, help me then, because this is, you just made something click for me. You said, you know, Matt, just, you know, get a guitar, get a bass, get whatever. But if I wanted to, to just start being creative and, and, you know, I have a very fixed income being on my dis, dis, uh, disability and expensive, crazy lawyer bills and stuff. Yeah. Do I buy a cheap sample machine? Do I buy a cheap drum machine? Do I just, do I save money? Do I download uh, some sound machine on here with sample tracks? I don't think, I, I mean, you could literally pick up a pencil and learn how to do portrait drawing if you want to be creative for like nickels. I mean, it doesn't, you know, there's not really any limit to anything. You can, you know what I mean? Like you can be creative in anything you think about. You can, you can start cooking a lot. You know, you can be creative with, you yeah, know, I love. But no, but, 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 but I want to be creative. Like I hunt. That's what I do in the fall. I love hunting. That's not really. What? Creative hunting, creative hunting could be interesting, but probably dangerous. You know? Yeah. yeah like I'm only going to hunt deer hiding in the bushes and stab them with, with a knife. 
Well, I, I think that was, I think that's way more respectable than, you know, 50 caliber rifles from yeah. you know, I, eight miles away. I'm Still a team. big, hey, I'm, I'm a bow hunter. So I'm like 20 yards from them. Yeah. If you were like, I just killed a deer with this knife, I would probably help you gut it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. but, um, so, but, 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 but like, yeah. You can you can be creative with anything. You can download software for free right now. I'll tell you, like you can download as far as like writing software or like like recording software, mm-hmm. freeware. You can download Audacity. But like, okay, you know, I have Audacity, but what do you recommend for like samples and like because all that software I've looked, some of these sample softwares are like three, four, five hundred dollars. <laughs> are there any good freeware programs you recommend? I don't really sample much. I mean, I pretty much make everything here. I got like drum machines and pedals and keyboards and drum. What do those cost? Oh man, this is this is years of accumulation. Years of accumulation. Yeah. I I can't go out right now. Like, I want a new bass. I can't go out and buy a bass right now. That's something where I got to like go sell some stuff off or you know not buy records and go out to dinner for like a couple of months and put it together and pay down this first and whatever. You got to have restraint, just like anything else. You got to be budgeted. You know, to like, you know, your life, whatever. I, I, you know, I want a new base bad as anything right now, but I can't afford it. So what? I'll fix this one. You know, it's like, you can't, it's like anything else, man. It's like, you know, you hunt, you have all your shit, but don't you always want cooler boots, like a new gun? Like, you just want, like, you know, upgrade your shit all the time anyway. So you can just have like a guitar and one another guitar, but it doesn't matter. You have something, you can figure it out. Like, you can, you know, like I bought an acoustic uh, fender, acoustic electric fender dreadnought from a, a, a goodwill in like san diego or some shit through goodwill.com for like 20 dollars in shipping and it's like the coolest thing i own it's it's this banging old school fucking cowboy guitar man it sounds banging it's like you know so you don't there's no price to put on anything this keyboard that i play on mostly i think the same thing is probably like seven dollars at a goodwill you know what i mean it's it, it's I, I don't you know you don't have to have like crazy expensive anything the only reason to buy anything more expensive is because you're getting better at it and you want to take it more seriously you know you can really go out and drop a hundred bucks and have like a little guitar set up you don't even need amps and all that shit you have your computer set up you plug into an audio face and you know play into your computer you don't need a full stack you don't need four sun amps in your apartment to you know figure out how to play guitar you know you don't need any amps so i got you price thing Nothing to do with it, man. Go to Michael's Crafts and, you know, spend $15 on some fucking, on a canvas and some oil paints. You know what I mean? You can do anything. Do you do any other hobbies? You just got to find what you want to do and then find a way to do it. That's pretty much it. And if, well, I don't like that. Well, try something else. You know, it's you can't be afraid to find ways of exploring it. You know what I mean? Like, like, no. You want to be creative? Like, just go try something you, you like you know, find your favorite cover artist or whatever. And like, well, what's, what's his medium? How does that, how does, how does she paint like that? How does he draw like that? How does whatever, that kind of thing. And like, you know, just go figure it out. You know, the same thing. Like you don't have to pick your, your, your favorite guitar player and be like, I want to play like that. Be like, how does this fucking thing work? You know, figure out how to string it. And like, every time you pick something up, you just feel better it's like it's like learning anything it's like when you learn how to you know do anything in life it just makes you feel better and then you know now it's like you get one step closer to being able to write a song or you know what i mean like you just tap into something and once you do 
that's what it is. It's really hard to do it after a day of work or when you're in a shitty mood or whatever. It's really hard to be like, it's arts and crafts time. Like go into the garage and turn on the pink light and be creative. Like some days you feel like fucking shit and you're tired. And it was just like, like the, the, the day just kicked you in the dick like all day long. And the last thing you want to do is be creative. But like you make deadlines for yourself. You make you know, goals for yourself. You're like, I'll feel like a dick if I just go in there and watch The Wire again. Like, you know what fixes that for me? You have it hanging over your shoulder. Fucking putting on some nails fixes that for me. Yeah, it's like football practice on record. Yep. Oof. Yeah. Fuck, man. You're the best. He's got that rage, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Dude, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Dave, I could talk to you for hours, but I will let you get back to, I'm sure you have projects and your brain's fucking ticking. Yeah, I, I would figure out too. So. I would love to be part of grid failure. I just want, I just want to, I want to be an artist. <laughs> I'll figure something out with you, man. I literally, I, I collaborate with a lot of people. Dude, I, I, it's passionate about it. I don't give a shit. I, 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 just, I just, I just want to, I just want to try. Cause I, I, I got nothing, you know, being dis being disabled has and not having my daughter all the time i get her on weekends and in, in every day in the summer has left a big void in me so well you're doing a lot of really cool creative work and helping a lot i'm of trying people. i'm trying brother that's that's a great thing but yeah man you keep saying you want to get creative you're the only one keeping you from doing that you know yeah, I, that's I, a great point I'm just saying something for an interview man like i'll figure it out with you i i would you know you got the That's, passion for it? Hell yeah. I do. I do. Oh, Dave, it, it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure talking to you. Again, Grid Failure is your project. You're you are everywhere. Every fucking where search Grid Failure, you are you are you are doing everything. Ear split PR. Uh and I will give you the final say. This interview has been so long overdue that I've had a blast talking to you, buddy. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that one. We started talking about it a year or more ago, whatever. Yep. I don't, whatever. Doesn't yep. matter. Like, I, I, you know, you're you're a good dude, man. You do a lot of good stuff, and we're, you know, we're glad to work with you. Like, you're the kind of people, like I said, that make it worthwhile. So, you know what I mean? We do each other a favor. Man. I, I was I, glad to be here. It was a good time. I really appreciate it, bud. And uh, again, please pass on to your other half how much I appreciate also uh, she helping me out too. So, definitely. Okay, my friend, you keep being safe during these times. Thanks. Yep. You too, Matt.